like to think of myself as the bullseye of this podcast um, because I have incredible aim and uh, I'm licking my forehead constantly. I'm wetting my forehead. You know, you got to keep it moist up there. You don't want, you know, you don't want forehead cracklings. He's really he's getting his T-zone nice and moist. Oh, yeah. And let's be real. Bullseye. It always beats the penguin. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care what what kind of artsy shit the kids are into these days. Oh, it's a different kind of Batman. It's like a Batman that has no fun. But you know, eh, let, why do, before we get a penguin series, let's get a bullseye series. Yeah, I mean, bull, the thing is that at least penguin does like more kinds of stuff <laughs> like what his he, penguin is so not versatile no what, what does he always, do penguins always hiring people to do weird schemes doing yeah, bank exactly. robberies doing fucking you know uh a corporate espionage yeah he's like middle management he's like you know he's not a doer yeah but he's got a he's, big cigar that's true well not in this one yeah actually I mean, we talked. We talked about this on the show already, but I got so mad about him not having a cigar when I saw the new one. They they took away the cigar, but they they took away the most crucial element of every single character. They took away Penguin's cigar. They took away Catwoman's whip, um, and they took away Batman's swag. Yeah. And so I don't know. And all, of, altogether, speaking of good Batman stuff, well, it's a sad thing, but it's a. A, a good Batman, R.I.P. to Kevin Conroy. Sure, the uh, the voice of the animated Batman. Which one? The Batman the animated series from like the nineties. Yeah, the best, the best Batman. Yeah, good job, Kevin. Great job, Kevin. Way to go. Sorry about sorry that you died. Sorry about dying, but you know, from one from one voice actor and voice performer to another, you know, as we do here on the show, I think that we're kind of shoulder to the shoulder career-wise um yeah this is one of the most dangerous professions in the world and talking into a microphone can at at any point take your life deadliest jobs i'd like to see mike rowe get into that yeah that me too it'd be great if you like died trying to like undo a alligator trap See, I, I, you know, there's there's two types of ways to die from a podcast. You know, you either die from some sort of electric shock or you, you know, you take yourself out of the equation because the the state of things is so bleak, you know, so it, it can hit you on psychological and physical levels. Yeah, it's I very guess, dangerous. I guess what I really dream of with with Mike Rowe is that he uh dies while talking about undoing an alligator trap on a podcast and then right. gets electrified. That's the real way to go. He's just wet from the alligator and he touches his microphone and zap. Um where what is happening? Um, it's low energy. My place is fucking disgusting and I've been moving all my shit out of my house and you know the 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 big concept the big one of the big biggest talking points of this of this current arc is my nice big TV uh, that I got for free and well, that, I, that I earned for free and I pay I paid to earn essentially I did pay to earn in IRL and and now I'm trying to figure out how to get that big TV across the country and it's it's quite a task yeah it's, but I love this TV yeah I mean you can always try and ship it that'd be pretty expensive it's going to be like five hundred dollars to ship it 
Yeah, and I assume you're driving the element across. No, leaving the car, leaving the car behind. I'm carless. I'm I'm I am I am riding my e-scooter to Whole Foods and using my Amazon Prime membership to get a quarter off. Wow, you're living the real East Coast urban. You're already transitioning to the East Coast urbanite mindset. Dog, you don't even know. I ordered a Patagonia fucking jacket yesterday. It's it's on site with me. Okay, I got I got the North Face vest. I got if I'm about to fucking run up on you with my Dunkin Donuts. When are you going to get a Carhartt then? Oh, shit. You're right. That is the that is the hidden key. It will become winter eventually. It, it it has be- becometh winter. Now, the thing about Carhartt, which I love, is that, you know, they're a workwear company that happens to charge a million dollars for their jackets. I yeah. think that's beautiful. I have a nice Working Carhartt class. jacket and I love it. Yeah, I'm going to have to get one. I mean, it's it's uh it's a requirement. And, you know, I also have to like I got to buy suits and I don't own suits. I got I just got to buy everything. Go to, I'm, in, go to Indochino.com. Here, why don't you go to Indochino? I'm going to watch episodes of HBO's The Newsroom, and I'm screenshotting images and sending them to my <laughs> stylist. Whoa, nice! That's what I'm doing. You're going. You're doing uh, Google Lens on screen caps of the Newsroom so that it can pull up the shirt details. Yeah, make me look like on this that, nerd uh, on that apartment nine button down okay outerwear jackets and coats let's see what fucking carhartt's milking us for these days oh these aren't as bad as i thought no they're not honestly well patagonia is where where it gets fucked up yeah actually patagonia like the jacket was like it was like 300 dollars for one of these jackets who are they who are they kidding yeah a good my good heavy carhartt cost me like i think less than 100 bucks and it's like yeah, no, these car hearts I'm looking at are in the 170 to 200 range. Yeah, you no, know? they're yeah. I mean, that's and that's but I got mine a while ago. So but the thing is that it's like it totally has endured like, you know, uh, Texas rainy winter and like Yellowstone minus 20 degrees, you know, mm-hmm. like they, sure, it's sure. just like it's extremely durable and is not fucked up at all. And it keeps you warm and, and cozy. I'm going to I'm going to walk around with an ice pick. Yeah. Just, just in case anyone needs picking. That's, I guess, kind of what those are for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess today we've got. Frankly, Griffin, today we've got three topics. That's it. There's okay. No, yeah, yeah. Can you? Yeah, you've, you have to guide this one. I'm three. You guide this one, and I'm here to chill and and reflect. There's three big topics: the three M's, midterms, Musk, sure. Magnarok, Magnarok, yep, <laughs> and Magni from Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. He got well. What a he only exists as a guy who gets talked about for being dead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I think, you know, I was talking about the big TV and getting it across the country. Uh, and I will probably spend the $500 to get it across the country because it does, it is worth a lot more than that. Yeah. Well, and also, like, um, you're going to want a TV, so you're going to have to pay to replace it. So, what are you going to save, like, a hundred bucks buying a shittier TV? Like, that's not a good Honestly, I'd spend more. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that with it. And then, but, you know, uh, what made me finally just go, you know, this TV has to come with me. It's an important part of my family. 
is <laughs> when I started playing God of War Ragnarok on it because my God, I'm, I, it took the PS5 to new levels over the last two nights because, you know, this TV is OLED, but it's also a high frame rate TV yes. and it's got the HDMI 2.1 ports and it's got the VRR variable refresh rate. So I'm playing God of War at performance mode around 80 to 100 frames per second. Uh, incredible way to experience the game. Really phenomenal to see PC style frame rates happening on the machine. Um, here we are. This is it, folks. This game is looking very good. Yeah, my TV can't quite do that, but I'm able to run 60 frames at 4K on the TV. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, which still no, that's not true. You're able to do you're able to do a range between 2K and 4K. Word. Well, that's fair. I mean, it seems to be sitting pretty consistently. Right. Well, that's the thing is like uh, the difference between the 2K and 4K is pretty hard to tell as it's as it's sort of dipping in between them. I so that makes it, sense. it looks great. And and 60 frames is way more perceptible than like going down to yeah. 30 or whatever. It looks um, so good. Yeah. And I, I mean, like obviously it's going to look better on your TV, but it looks fucking fantastic. It looks really good. It looks great. And, you know, sometimes when I'm like stepping away or whatever, or I have to go take a call or something, I'll switch it to the 4K 30 frames per second mode and just have Kratos like stand on a cliff. And then you just get like that extra oomph of detail on those parts. And it's like very sick. But yeah, ultimately, uh, it's not full fledged 4K at 60, but it is way better to be doing performance mode. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that, it's one of the rare games where I think maybe the first because even even Zero or Horizon couldn't quite pull this off where like performance mode does really feel like it's not a graphics trade. Like it's not a. A, a resolution trade-off or like a, a draw distance trade-off like all that stuff still looks and works really well but also it's at 60 frames which is mwah. yeah exactly and then like you know once i once you take it past 62 and you're playing like the style of combat which this is which is like very fast but rhythmic and like a lot of different very specific visual cues happening like when you start seeing that at 80 90 frames per second it's like you it improves your your gameplay you feel like a god more you're seeing everything like and and so crisp and it's so and, and to get those like perfect parries it's like so much easier now because you're seeing their weapons really swing more fluidly at you and everything about it's just it's like a phenomenal piece of tech for them to have spent so much time at making it as good as possible on the ps5 and also somehow running on the ps4 it's very cool yeah it looks it looks fantastic and um it is very fun how far have you gotten let's talk about the game okay yeah so um i am you know not far but i would say i'm probably six to ten hours in Somewhere in that range, I am very deep into the Svartalheim, which is the Dwarven yep. realm. And, um, you know, I mean, I would say one thing about the game is it definitely uh, is takes its time story wise and really relies on you being very invested in the characters after playing the first game. That's just going to be natural. It, it, it's, it's very like. It's very like two towers in that sense where it's like, oh, you like you do care about most of these guys because they've been very well set up by fellowship. Yeah. And it does um, give, it does like put enough, at least for me, like mysteries on the board 
very early that there's stuff you want to find out about, like what's Tyr up to? Why is Tyr in prison? What's the real story there? What's going on with the dwarves? What's Odin's secret Ragnarok plan? Yeah. Like there's and a lot of and, stuff and on the board. The deal, and what's the deal with the, the son and his whole lineage or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So and obviously, yeah, there's like the Loki question. So there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't really play a lot of, it, you're right that it slow plays a lot of reveals and slow plays a lot of like details that you can get invested in, but it does give you a lot of questions that you like want to have answered really quickly, which is nice. Yeah, totally. But you know, it's definitely, I mean, it, it's definitely in the dwarf area, it's like taking its time and it's nice. Cause you know, I think the areas are slightly bigger um, than the previous game and a lot more side stuff and secrets to do. And, I am uh, I'm playing it at a harder difficulty. So it's actually kind of it's actually the sweet spot, because if you play it at the harder difficulty and you're interested in completing a lot of the side stuff, you're actually going to be like leveled up a little bit nicer. Whereas I think that if you're playing on normal mode and you do all the side stuff, you're going to quickly like be very overpowered for most of the main quest stuff. So yeah. it's a nice, it's a nice like difficulty curve that I would recommend if you haven't uh, tried it. I mean, yeah, I've, I've played with a lot of that stuff. I just like what I like about it a lot in that respect is that there's a, at least in the dwarf zone is that there's like a ton of like little weird hidden puzzles. Yeah. Um, that can level you pretty quickly and are also just like exciting and fun and creative. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so I haven't done, I haven't gotten to, or I just got to like the first, uh, like I got to like the dragon that you meet that like where Atreus is like a Drackey and runs over to it. And yeah. Kratos is like, don't run over to that thing. It's a fucking dragon. And then yeah. it wakes up and freaks out. That's, that's where I am. Is that fight? Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah. I, did you do the whale side quest? The whale one? Not yet. Okay, cool. That one's great because, uh, it's a complete missable side quest in the dwarf area but it is such an epic like massive thing that would be like a main mission in another game so it's very cool that they have you know what i would almost describe as like you know uh, in terms like not like witcher level in terms of like how dense the story can get but like very full like rounded yeah. out uh side stories that are uh, really what, good so what is what is that quest well, essentially, uh, um, who's the head? What's his name? Mimir. The shepherd head. Mimir essentially sees this like lighthouse on one of the islands and he's like, oh, dang, I wonder if they're still trapped there. And you go on this long quest to like find this key in this lighthouse. And because Mimir had uh, trapped a prisoner um, in this area for a long time, uh, you finally like unlock this lighthouse and hit a gong and you realize the prisoner is a massive whale that rises up out of the lake and like a bunch of like the structures of the world are on top of it. Um, and the quest then goes on to you, like freeing the whale and like removing oh, its chains. I found the tower. I just haven't found that key yet. Yeah. And it's like what's so cool is like it is such a spectacle to see, you know, it, it happen. Um, and, and and it's it, there's so much kind of to do with that quest line and it's completely optional. Um, so it's a game that you're definitely going to want to spend a lot of time, you know, checking out all the outer area stuff. And that's another reason, again, to like do the harder difficulty because you will get over leveled. Um, yeah. 
yeah, so that was a cool, great quest. I got to, you know, tip my hat to the very beginning. Uh, you know, it was a fun start, you know, with, with the dog sled and then going into the cabin and having another confrontation with the gods with like Thor and Odin. Let's talk Thor and Odin for a second. Sure. Um, I think we both we both said in, in our in our chat that we that we like Thor. Love Thor. And I like Thor a lot. He's a he's a big he's a big sad fat man that could like i guess own a brewery <laughs> yeah well he's got he's the he's got that thing that is a very that marvel tries to do with thor but uh is bad act because of how it's marvel um where it seems like he's like fought all the battles and been to all the parties and drank all the meat and eaten all the meat and screwed all the ladies and is just sort of like this guy who kind of has nothing to give a shit about really uh, and is mm-hmm. just sort of like kind of trudging along through life. And that's like, that's, he gets so excited about getting to fight Kratos for a second. Cause it's like a real thing is happening to him for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's your like microphone f- is like super wobbly, by the way. I'm like, is it? I'm hearing, I'm hearing, hearing it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me what, are, what are you balancing it on? A book. What, what is, why? <laughs> I think it should be better now. Um, but yeah, he's he's like he's like depressed and like like has just done everything and is like he's looking also, for reasons he's to also get excited. Like, he's also been uh, you know a, like a basically a trained hitman for a very long time, just kind yeah. of killing and slaying lots of people. Um, so there is sort of like that as well. Um, so yeah, Thor's cool and ominous, and then Odin walks in. And he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" Uh, oh, I, lo- I love, I love mob crime. Martin Scorsese, Odin, so much. It's very, it's very mob boss Odin. Um, and I, and I was telling you, chat, I like the idea or the or the sort of like structure of that, but I just think that the voice and the dialogue that they choose to have him say just was too jarringly modern. It's like he's like, "Hey, I make you a deal, capiche?" Like it's just like no other character talks like that in the universe. Yeah, but that's what I like is that like Odin exists outside of time like that is just sort of the deal with odin the all father papa like that yeah. is like the mythic position that he holds that like he can see the past and the future and like he has these ravens who tell him all the secrets and so like him being a guy who sort of isn't bound to like all of the tonal and affectation like requirements of the world that he lives in uh is very effective is, like it works for me and just kind of makes him feel more like meta threatening than than like because thor is the kind of enemy that you can obviously understand on the terms of the game he's a big boy who smash whereas like odin is just a different type of thing than like kratos has ever really dealt with and they make that really clear right away by having him be like hey look i got a deal for you above like that makes him a different category of enemy than anything kratos has ever dealt with which is like a very interesting move especially when he's dealt with yeah. so many different types of enemies that's a good point i don't know that's a good point i would say that i guess if you can see the past present and future you end up sounding like a sopranos character and that's I mean, okay if you had to choose <laughs> um so yeah it was a really fun spectacle to see like 
you know, Thor basically fly Kratos through the air and, and have them do this kind of like fight that felt um, intense and and kind of had a lot of wow factor just in how the camera was bringing you through all of it. And then, of course, uh, the big moment that everyone has been tweeting about um, in this fight. And if you haven't played the game yet at all, you can just spoiler alert for the next like 30 seconds. But when Thor kills you in that battle and you, th- and it's a great, it's a really great moment. And a few other video games have done this before, but you get killed by Thor. It goes to the game over screen and then Thor goes, Oh, I haven't had enough yet. And he brings you back to life by shocking you with his hammer. Um, it's a, it's a great moment. It's a big surprise uh, because you feel at that moment, like, Oh, you must've missed a quick time event and you didn't do something right. Uh, and then you're like, Oh no, actually this is how it goes. Yeah. And it's, it's also, and this is what I've been loving about this game so far. It's also like a really good character moment for Thor because it does speak to like this, like crazy lust for experience. Like he's like, I know I could have fun fighting this guy. So I'm going to bring him back from the dead on the off chance that he like finally gives me the thrill I crave. Mm -hmm. Like that's really fun. And it's a fun little detail that he like just shoots lightning through the hammer to like do like the fucking uh, what's it called? The defibrillator. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Like that shit is all so fucking cool and fun. And like, it's just like that's that's why I like the God of War game so much. That's why I like the last ones. Part of why I like the earlier ones is that like they really get creative with how they apply the stuff that exists in those worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just sort of like repeating things, they like find little fun wrinkles on stuff all the time. And I think that that's just like such a it makes the thing feel like a world with real characters, not just like video game NPCs like meandering around. Yeah. Yeah, so we I, I like that. Um, it's pretty solid. The graphics are great. The combat is the combat from the last game, but improved. Uh, I think that Kratos feels slightly like less clunky and like more agile, which is nice. Um, yeah, it also doesn't have the um, the sort of internal tension issue that. Uh, the other game had because we've talked about this before that like part of the problem with some of the early parts of the first of the first of the new God of Wars is that like the tone is very damn I hate to be a war man but then being a war man is so fun Mm -hmm. and there's like this dissonance where it's like you're supposed to feel sad that Kratos is like reverting but it's also like I want him to revert because him reverting means I get to do all these cool tricks um and this game it's like you don't have that internal concern really well, you do in the sense that you know your son is very eager to start a war, and then you're not, and uh, there's that reluctance there. Yeah, there's the reluctance about that, but it's not reluctance about Kratos being a fighter. It's reluctance about what that fighter does and who he's fighting, and like what the goals of that are. Um, so there's that tension where like Atreus wants to start a war and Kratos doesn't, but it's not like you're meant to think that like it's sad that Kratos has to fight anything. Well, it's I think it is sad. I think it's sad that he can't escape being at the center of another god slaughter like that. He just went through once before. Right. But like, for instance, in like in the game, like you fighting raiders to protect Atreus or whatever is not like a reversion to like this form of the guy who you want to get away from for sure. When it's like time to go out to Svartalheim and kill all the like 
weird Odin friends and like go on this like rampage to find Atreus' secrets. Then we're getting into territory that's like, oh, Kratos gets sucked back into like the whirlwind again for sure. But like the act of fighting itself is not implicated in the same way as it is in the first game. Just like it's a well, question of like purpose well, you and direction. Start with the blades and there's there's that. So and they kind of are, you know, they've moved past accepting that he also still gets to use the blades. Yeah, they moved past um, a lot of the that. The puzzles kind of stuff. have been good with that. I like that he can hook himself and swing himself through areas. So exploring and like wanting to go for that extra optional chest. Uh don't feel annoying because Kratos just like moves so fluidly through the environments and you get lots um, so of cool attacks with the blades that are fun like little new ones like the hooking guys and shooting a fireball on the blades and stuff yeah are, there's like, a those lot are of fun, just like cool techniques yeah. and and this is kind of something that I, I think I kind of wish more games in general would do which is like it's the it's the same thing that they did with the last of us one to the last of us two, where it's essentially the same combat and structure, but just improved on enhanced nuanced. I would say God of War takes it even farther than last of us two. But like this is like kind of what I want. Like when you have a working formula, just like improve and innovate on it. And I hate when they go back to the drawing board for for sequels and stuff and then things get all fucked up and messed up. I'm seeing it right now with the new Call of Duty Warzone that they're putting out. And it's just like, man, like, why didn't you guys just work with some of the good stuff from the original formula and not just like just make a whole new thing that like isn't working on all these levels? Yeah. Um, And that's especially true with like story games, like story games, like so much of the mechanics are like part of the storytelling system. Yeah. And so and refining so it feels those, good. It plays yeah. good. And, and, and it's improved on the first one. That's all I want. And yeah. so I'm happy with that. And you, there's a little, a lot less of, uh, of Kratos going, boy, <laughs> which yeah, is, a, but now a, that is a downgrade. But now he says, rah, rah, rah. Like every time he swings, he's, he's yeah. very vocal. And he's, he's more, more gr- vocal he's than the last gr- one. He's a lot gruntier now for sure, which is nice. Um, Um, yeah I honestly you know it's going to depend on where the story really goes with this game people are saying it goes interesting places Um, but for me if they do nail the story of this game and the rest of the zones continue to be interesting and have fun side quests this could very easily be my game of the year Um, you know Elden Ring is probably on most people's lists um, but you know I've spoken many times about I don't know I, I think there's a good parts of Elden Ring and there's a lot of bad there so I don't know we'll have to see but I'm very, this is very promising yeah I mean I I I really like it I don't know if I would say that I see a clear way that I would end up liking it more than Elden Ring just in terms of like the ability to be a game and do things and experiment and play around and like, and like create an experience for yourself. But it is really, as far as like one of these games that's sort of like on rails, no customization, like you're just playing the guy who's the guy in the game type games. It's hard to imagine one that does a better job or much better job than this is doing with that, with that setup for sure. Yeah. So I don't know, just just for just as an entire package, it's just a very cohesive thing that's working well. So I'm liking that. It is one of the only games where I'm like, yes, this is probably worth seventy dollars. Um, so yeah, and the Dual Sense, you know, we're finally getting to play God of War on a Dual Sense controller. You know, we're hearing ropes crackle and slide. Or you know, I think they could. I think they could have even done more with it. To be honest with you, yeah, it's. 
it, they, I mean, it does feel that way, right? Like it does. Well, we'll see. Right. We'll see how much gets unlocked as you go. I'd, I'd love for like when Kratos does a jump and slams into the ground to get more of that dual sense crunch and stuff. And like, there's a little mm. bit, but it, it does, it does feel like dual sense because, because it wasn't a PS5 only game that maybe dual sense was like a lower priority. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's totally like there is stuff for sure. Like it would be cool if, you know, uh, when you do the thing where you shoot two chains and fire a fireball down one, then down the other, if like the right side of the controller vibrated as you did the first one and the left side as you do the second one. Yeah. Like little touches like that would be very, very cool. Um, Bring us I think in. We'll do the dual sense. We'll, yeah. we'll just code it. We'll be like the guys who do the 40 X movie theaters. Yeah. God, I'd love to be those. That'd be awesome. It'd be like, just like, like in the middle of like a really like sad scene where someone passes away, just a big jolt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep them locked in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with God of War. I'm sure we'll have like probably more to say as we, you know. Yeah. And by next week, we'll have both had a weekend to play with it, which I think we'll probably get a decent, I mean, you're doing moving stuff, but I'm sure you'll find some time to play it. Oh yeah, I need I need it's it's basically the only my only salve in 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 this chaotic time. It's a chaotic time. But uh, you know, speaking of chaos, I wanted to ask you a little question because I know that you were playing on stream the new Sonic game. Yes. And there's been a chaotic response to it on the internet with many people saying it's finally the first good Sonic game and then a lot of other people saying well, there's something there, but it's a trash game. Well, it's okay. <laughs> it's a mess in a lot of ways. I think that yeah. it's sort of impossible to argue that it's not. Like yeah. it has it's this it's this total fuck show of a game where like Amy pops up and is like, "My memories are being lost and I need your help to come back to life." And like behind her is like a dark storm cloud and some ominous mountains. And then Sonic's like, yeah, all right, well, I'm just going to go grind some rails and then goes and like does a bunch of tricks. Um, And the tonal disjunct there kind of like captures like what the whole game is because the game's a lot of switching between modes and doing a lot of different things. And each kind of independent type of thing that the game asks you to do, it's actually I think it's pretty good. Like the mini level runs are pretty fun and challenging. They were like, you have to like do these like sort of the uh, cyber zones. Yeah. Cyber those, zones, are yeah. The, those are the, I haven't even played it and I know. Okay. Don't worry, audience. I got this. Yeah. The cyber zones are like the only places that are actually like levels with level design, like classic Sonic levels. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're the only classic Sonic levels. There's some interesting, uh, like, there's been doing stuff where like as you unlock areas, it adds rails to the world so that you it creates these like other kind of mini speed run adventures that run along that you can use as like sort of fast travel and like item collection. That's cool. very fun. Um, and like that works really well. Or there are bosses where you have to like do specific like weird Sonic stuff to beat them. And those are very fun. And like that's consistent throughout the game is that basically like every sort of isolated element of it basically works the way it's supposed to when you put it all together it feels really jumbled and messy and like sometimes you're doing green hill zone and sometimes you're running on the back of a squid and sometimes you're doing these rails and sometimes you're trying to do a jump puzzle uh and it's just like it doesn't feel coherent like it feels really 
like three or four cool, fun Sonic type things all jammed together and you sort of bounce between them at random. Plus, sometimes you yeah. fish, which is weird. I mean, it's funny, but it's weird. Perfect. I'm glad. Well, it's open world. You got to fish. Um, yeah, you should be able to mine for ore. I think like, uh, yeah, with the with these games, with uh, with, you know, Sonic games, they've made a lot of bad games for a long time. So I think Sonic fans are really hungry to just like say they finally got a winner. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hearing there's like some groundwork here and I'll be honest with you. It's like like in some ways, like a bad game that's like fun to physically play moment by moment for for decent stretches is like super interesting to me and like i've i've been really heavily considering it because at, at times it just does look fun to go fast and and zoom around the zones but it does look like it's in this like just absolute shit wrapping and the most of the zones that aren't the cyber zones look just drab and terrible a few of the bosses have looked interesting um story trash uh well, it's so other- weird how yeah how dark and like grim yeah the setting is and it barely uses like the other characters like it's just it's just a total missed opportunity in that way so yeah i I feel like it's a game that will be like i feel like it's gonna be twenty dollars like a month from now (laughs) or like in january and i'll just pick it up then you know yeah i mean that's what i was about to say is that i think paying full price for it unless you're like a sonic guy yeah to me seems crazy but if right. you could get it for like 20 bucks and have it as a sort of thing that you kick on for 45 minutes while you're just trying to like blow off some steam, you yeah. like run around a little bit. That seems great. Like it seems like it'd be great for that. So like if yeah. you wait till the price comes in, I think it'd probably be worth it just to have as like a thing to fuck around with every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um Sorry, right. I just saw, I just saw on Twitter that someone uh, apparently impersonated a a pharma company and now they're like losing billions of dollars. Same thing happened to Lockheed Martin. Um, <laughs> should we move on to Twitter talk? Let's talk. Let's let's do Twitter talk for a second. Do you want to just use our old ad that we just recorded and just stick that one in here instead of recording a new ad? So we can just flow straight to Twitter talk and and midterm shit. Mid, wait, midterms and Twitter talk? Oh my god. No, let's do a new ad. Here, I'll go pull it up right now. Okay. We'll talk about Twitter after this ad. Alright, yeah. So, speaking of ads, Twitter, it's a fuck show. It rules. Um, You referred to, right before we got to this, up to the Eli to the Eli Lilly thing, where... Is that what's happening? Yeah. So, Eli Lilly is a pharma company? Yeah, that distributes... Uh, that is one of the primary distributors of insulin. Okay, cool. So they're bastards. They suck. And so someone made a fake Eli Lilly account and basically posted, uh, insulin's free now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a bunch of people freaked out. And then Eli Lilly did a real post that was like, uh, actually, it's not. And we're sorry for the confusion. But that just made people more mad at them, which drove their stock price even lower. Wow. Incredible. Um, so they had a huge drop. Lockheed Martin also had a huge drop after a post that said, uh, sorry, we're no longer selling weapons to the United States or Saudi Arabia until we until an investigation into their ongoing history of human rights abuses went viral. Oh, my God. This is Elon based communist. Yeah. I mean, Elon did call himself a socialist recently, which was like the most confusing thing I've ever heard. But that's awesome. I, 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 I think this guy is useful. Yeah, well, 
He's providing value. I love this. I'm subscribing right now. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think that this is like the last thing that he really wanted to happen. Um, yeah, 100% the last thing. And you know what's so funny too is like they completely shut down Twitter Blue today. So I can't even sign up right now to congratulate him. Uh, they have prevented anyone else from doing it. Yeah, it's pretty in crazy. It's pretty insane. It's pretty in crazy. Um, yeah, we're, the, we're getting crazy. The litany of shit. I mean, there was the uh, fucking Mario giving the finger. Tweet. Nintendo one. Yep. That one was huge. Uh-huh. There been a ton of fucking Elon Musk parody ones. The Ben Shapiro parody one where it was like every day I like to because th- a lot of times I wake up and I wonder what it'd be like to see a real a real woman in the real world. I wonder what <laughs> they look like under all those clothes. Like. <laughs> Like there's like that one. There's some that's great. What's so ma- fu- that's what's so funny because I'm going to cut you off because I don't want to I don't yeah. want to hear anymore. Uh, the the thing that's funny is like. They fucking they made this big war against parody accounts and then the parody accounts went, OK, and they did something way worse. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's funny it's on so many levels. It's funny because the big problem was like there's impersonation thing, and so they made the most exploitable a, impersonation a problem. Right. That's the, the funny part. It big wasn't a quote, big problem. Big quotes. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then they made it so much easier and worse. And now you have all these free speech. Comedy is dead. Why can't the libs take a joke? People being like, no, we need to delete all these accounts for being so mean to me. <laughs> Yeah, if uh, you're still if you're still riding and dying for for Elon, you're you got to get a hobby or something, guys. Holy shit. Like cause yeah. that, they're doing that as a full time job over there. Um, also, just like the it's the the flow of like. Catastrophically bad business news <laughs> from Twitter yeah. is like unbelievable, like fucking the the compliance executives all quitting and then elon musk being like i put ships into space i don't care about the fdc yeah like that's nuts elon musk being like i don't know how much runway we have before this company goes bankrupt is also crazy yeah Yeah, that's the 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 big one is the the one you mentioned about um not not the runway but the The fact that um, yeah the fact that because there isn't um, because Twitter's super hackable right now because of all the employees that have been laid off, like there can be so much private personal information release, which can result in billions in dollars of fines. So it's like what he already overspent on this company. He's going to get tacked on again from government fines that way. And it's just like, holy shit, like it does really it begs a question like of what what is really too big to fail right because everyone that uses twitter kind of needs twitter to you know either access their platforms or be a random that's yelling at celebs um but you know people really do need that and find a lot of value in twitter and there is no replacement there is no new place that's doing the same thing at the same level uh and so it's like where do you go with this and like how many wheels can you take off this train and still have it move and i think the answer is all of them yeah well we'll see right like at a certain point like when do they stop spending on servers you know what i mean like like if money keeps just disappearing down the fucking drain like you're not going to keep paying bajillions of dollars for server space 
Yeah, um, I mean, do you think there's some competitor right now that's just about to like try to release if, as the next thing? I mean, everyone says I, Mastodon, but that's a tough fucking joke. No, fuck Mastodon, but I feel like there's got to be someone out there who's clocked the fact that the thing about Twitter that made it good is that it was largely text only. Like, yes, that like microblogging actually well, as much images as images are cool too. Yeah, and pictures are fine, but like as much as we made fun of Twitter forever, like microblogging was actually a pretty good idea. Like it lets people lurk. Like if you want to be a lurker, you can lurk and not do anything, and that's totally fine. You well, can but get it wasn't, little, it, but it wasn't a good idea for a business because they never figured out how to monetize that. Yeah, but it was a good idea as like a public service thing. Right. So it should be probably some sort of public utility. Because like, here's what all the dumb people in LA are saying. It's it's like kind of an old take, but that that, that we need to break up all of these social media monopolies. And that's like, I think sort of like a 101 take, but I think what makes the monopolies in social media so different is the only way a social media platform is valuable is if it's a monopoly, because yeah. if there's only 10,000 people using your social media platform, then you're getting a very, very small reach, which is yeah, they, which they, is the antithesis of what you're supposed to do with social media platforms. It, by, just by the necessity of them and what they need to be, which is you being able to reach as many people as possible, all those people have to be on the same place. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have like a big forum. Um, well, otherwise, you have 10 different forums not interacting and and barely getting the same numbers of engagement. That, that right. you would yeah. right yeah. each each section of twitter becomes sort of its own small form, like big form like it's i think there ha I, I do think that even though you can't monetize it i think that like there's reason to think it's still worth doing as a private enterprise um just maybe not in the exact same way maybe there are lessons we learned i'm not like a business internet businessman or whatever but it does just seem like something will probably emerge to replace it just like if it does die I'm curious about if it will die, but it does really seem like I like a week ago. I would have been like, there's just no way he could fucking kill Twitter. Like there's just too much attached to it. Like you Seems were like saying someone else can just come in and buy it. Right. Yeah. But who's going to do that? It's $44 billion in debt. Well, it's not going to it's not going to be worth that when it all goes down. Yeah. But then the, like, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't, guess, you don't have to spend 44 billion because of Elon did. Yeah. But like the company, part of the part of that debt has been paid off by the company is like shifted over to like come to liquidity and stuff. Sure. Um, unless, you know, uh, Elon somehow like takes every lawmaker to Mars to suffocate. Yeah. I mean, there's also maybe there's like deal terms and stuff, but like, I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a business boy, but like, I just think, yeah, I think it should be public utility. Cause I think when the profit motive comes into play with it, it a doesn't really work well on that kind of site naturally in the way that it does on like YouTube or something like that. Um, and that like, we get situations where what we see right now, which is like I've been refreshing my Twitter timeline today and they changed it. So when you refresh your timeline, the very first tweet is an ad and it's a full page ad um, and like stuff like that is just going to start booting people off in mass and, and, and watering down the user population. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think it's a total mess. Um, and it's what's so, and what's so blows my mind about all this is like I'm a dumb guy. You're a dumb guy. I watched like um, one YouTube video from like a smart tech guy who like explained how to like properly run this type of business and like how to do a proper Twitter blue subscription service. And it wouldn't be around check marks. It'd be around adding new features to Twitter. And, and it just like was like, wow, like you could just have watched one YouTube video. 
and you would have been and you would have been fine. But instead, he's just like free balling. He's just like he's just walking around, just coming up with ideas in his yeah, little brain. I mean, that's been the thing, right? That's been like so much of the news has just been like like there was that space, the Twitter space he did a couple days ago where he was just like, we're going to figure out a way to get more ads for gizmos because I love a gizmo. I wish I could just click on the ad and have the gizmo. Like right. that's like he, basically a quote or him being like, you want to turn we, it into businesses that actually work like Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what if we could charge our employees for using the co- company cafeteria for lunch? Like he's just coming Whoa. up with weird. Like, yeah, let's save fucking 50 grand a year that way. Perfect. Yeah. He's just coming up with these like weird, like obviously not thought out at all off the dome ideas. Yeah. Um, How about everyone has a standing desk so we can sell the chairs? Like, yeah. It's just a- like everyone, like, everyone print your code. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I, I, I like, it's just a weird time. Everyone says that they're going to go somewhere else, but there's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere to run. Um, and so I don't know. Again, is it too big to fail? Like how hardcore does this thing have to go to where you literally can't log in anymore? We'll see. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, it'll it's that's the thing is like big, big question. What's the though. breaking point? Big question, though. What is the breaking point? Um, no, the big question, though, is like, do you think this is going to tank his stock with the Musk suckers, the the guys that suck him off every day online? Like, do you think that this is going to shake like any of them to see a failure of this magnitude on the grand scale? Or are these little internet trolley men just going to chalk it up to like oh twitter was never going to be a successful business and elon did his best i think you're gonna get a split i think it's just gonna like narrow down the musk the musk lights so you think it's gonna it's gonna carve some of them off i mean i've already seen some people who have been like i really thought he was a good businessman but this is so fucking stupid type tweets floating around okay yeah that's it because you know (laughs) you you always wonder what's gonna really shake them I think this one's just so on its face dumb and the way he's handled it since it's happened has been so like obviously stupid and humiliating Yeah, that like unless you really are willing to just like put the blinders on and and swallow it. I Um, think all those guys who are into Elon Musk should just go back to be like liking Logan Paul. Like Logan Paul seems to be, you know, generally spending his money on like, uh, you know, abusing his own body. And I think that's um, that's better. Yeah, Logan, Logan Paul, fucking, uh, a Logan Paul, fucking, you know, did a great job wrestling Roman Reigns and blew up his name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did a good sad. wrestling, did a good wrestling video on Twitter, and I do, I do remember seeing one of my some guy I follow who's like a culture critic slash like wrestler lover guy who was like, that's not real wrestling, and I was like, man, just. Enjoy, just enjoy one thing, please. <laughs> just take it, take it easy. It was cool. Yeah, it was tight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, guys, check out the Paul brothers. We're signal boosting them. Uh, don't forget to check them out. Like and subscribe on all our videos. They're trying really hard. Um, all right, we, let's do it really quick. Let's talk midterms for a few minutes for you. Yeah, um, you know, this is perfect time. You know, everyone else has stopped listening. You know, you guys have probably run out of dishes to clean. Well, clean them again. You missed a spot. It's yeah. the midterms. No one's fucking ever gets their dishes right on the first try anymore. Midterms were fun. I was up. Uh, I was up watching them for most of the night. Um, I don't know. It's uh, 
I, it's uh, it's weird. A lot of a lot of a lot of the rules going back to the drawing board, and I guess one of the rules is the that everyone is allowed to vote. I guess guess I guess we're go. I guess that's happening. We're all voting. <laughs> yep. No, that's still that's still in the mix. Uh, I guess which is for the best. Democracy um, is still on the table, and it's warm. It's warm. It's ready to fall right off the bone onto your yep. beautiful electoral fork. Yeah, electoral fork. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. Um, it's it, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Like, it's I'm just in the split place. That's so fucking funny. There's two things about it that are funny to me. The first is like Democrats are acting like they won something when they sure. just lost, but only by a little bit. Uh, which uh, like. <laughs> Which yeah. is like, you know, there's like saying, hey, that wasn't as I thought it could be. And there's some really important lessons we could learn here. It's a totally reasonable reaction to that. But being like, suck my dick. The GOP is dead. Like, is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like losing by a few points and then just like having like, like a flipping everyone off. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's but, wild. But, but also, you know, listen, from an optics point of view, that's the only way to be is positive and, you know, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, sort of, except that there's like the thing that frustrates me about this. And this is obviously this is the same thing that I get mad about every single time we have an election is that like there's like very obvious lessons to learn, like object lessons about this stuff. And mm-hmm. like big, have a big guy, have a giant man. Yeah, and that, right. that's about uh, that's the only lesson. America's ready for huge politicians is lesson number one. I saw. And speaking of which, I saw another huge Democrat recently. And I was like, it was a it was a it was a big black guy. What was his name? I, but he was just as big as Fetterman. Was it and Gary I was like, Chambers in Louisiana? Maybe. But I was like, get this guy in there immediately. Yeah. We need the huge ones. And then the other thing is that, like, it just really looks like a lot of progressive issues and like youth vote issues are like winning issues broadly. Um, and that the places where Democrats lost are places where they didn't do that shit or didn't invest in that shit. Well, here's the big here's the, here's my big takeaway because it, it was it was kind of crazy to see like abortion being higher than inflation on some people's charts when like mm-hmm. everyone was saying the opposite. Um, a lot of national issues did motivate people to, from all sorts of places in different states, no matter of like their personal restrictions on abortion to go out and vote. Uh, youth vote was uh, really, really big in the same way it was for the for the Biden presidential term. All that stuff is great. But I think on the Republican side, the the observation that I think people are missing is that it's like, well, a lot of the MAGA candidates lost and it's because you can't you can't co-op someone else's swag like Trump only has the ability to be swag himself. And to this day, he still hasn't been able to, like, teach anyone how to truly emulate his style, including his own son, his own flesh and blood. In fact, like, he might, who might just actually be the worst at it. Right. Exactly. Who is definitively the worst at it. And so it's this thing where it's like, oh, you know, you can be a MAGA candidate. You can be crazy. You can say you're for Trump, but people don't care that that's not enough because you're not Trump. And, and and there is that just that certain swag individual factor to him that um, I just don't think, you know, helps the MAGA candidates enough. They have the MAGA candidates have to have something else other than I'm I'm Trump three. Yeah, there's that. And there's also the really weird uh, and I think wrong, but I mean, whatever, roll with it. Democrat 
observation or Republican observation, rather, that like that uh, DeSantis won in Florida and all the candidates in New York did well because they were pushing culture war stuff. Um, even though culture war lost everywhere else, but they're like tripling down on it in this really weird way and not mm-hmm. like because the only places where Republicans picked up seats are places that Republicans got to redistrict. Right. Like, yeah, it wasn't like their policies were more persuasive. They just invented more seats to win. Right. Uh, and they've and they've con- and they've consistently now shot themselves in their foot by saying that mail in voting is bad. And they the all of the election conspiracies have been like actually dissuading their voters and not energizing them to vote. So, yeah, they're in this big pickle with that. But meanwhile, they they keep picking up uh, young black and Latino uh, men in like huge numbers, more than Democrats. Um, so, yeah, there's this weird field ahead of us uh, where like they have culture war, gerrymandering. And then like certain new minority groups that are starting well, to like thought, expand into them. I thought black folks pretty decisively voted Democrat mostly nationally, not in everywhere like Georgia. Mm-hmm. No, they're they're making gains, though, and especially in certain states, they're making gains with certain uh, minorities in states that matter. Yeah, they went down with Latinos in Texas. Um, <clears throat> Shouts out. Shouts um, out. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I th- and they super went down with young black and Latino voters also. Um, I don't I I disagree with that. I think that there there's maybe I, I mean, maybe you're looking at like a national poll, but there's a uh, there's a lot of yeah. states that have had uh, big swings. Um, national, from minority national it was 18 to 29 was three to one across all races. And white white kids were the least likely to vote or the most likely to vote Republican. Interesting. Um. So pretty decisive in that respect. But again, like this is the sort of thing, right? Is that like it's but national de- national just doesn't matter because national is really only talking about like what four big states like that's like where the yes. majority of those populations are. So it is about the state level. Yes no, but, like the race- but that's what these races are won. Right. Sure. But even if if it's a national average of three to one, right, so three out of every four, even in a race where it's a state race for a Congress place or Congress congressional seat that has like a 5,000 vote like margin, like you're going to get in a lot of those places more than 10,000 new voters uh, by age stuff over the course of the year, over two years. And if those 10,000 vote three to one for Democrat, that flips that margin. Mm. Um, well, that was math. That was numbers. Um, certainly was. Uh, cannot deny it. But yeah, point. the point is that it, it does seem like Democrats have an approach that could work and works like pretty devastatingly effectively if they choose to use it, which is leaning on like stated concerns from minority and youth group vote mobilization groups. Um, we have sort of known that this is the truth about how Democrats win elections for a long time. It just seems this is like the most decisive example of it, uh, basically since Obama. Um. So do you wonder if they'll learn that lesson or if they'll just keep doing the thing they always do, <laughs> which yep. is probably what will happen. And folks, that is the midterm section of the Game Boys, the section everyone was waiting for. There it is laid out all on the line. Um, and Joe Biden got sassy. Joe Biden got sassy. The other thing I'll say, I'll, I mean, honestly, I'll say in general is like, you know, it certainly doesn't help when all of these voting centers continue to go down. Um, and it's just a fucking 
not a good look and all that shit needs to get fixed because there's no reason why in like the most fucking richest fucking country in the world that we don't know like most of our results by that night. It's just completely absurd. Well, there is a uh, reason. There's a fucking Republican legislature passed fucking rules in so many of these states to say you don't count early and mail-in ballots till after election day ballots are counted. Right. All that stuff needs to be changed because like yeah. you look at a country like Brazil and they found out that Lula won like that night. It took like 20 and, minutes. And it, it was like, oh, he won. And like I'm literally like right now in L.A. in my city district for Hugo Soto Martinez running against some fucking Mitch O'Farrell. It's like uh, he's 2000 votes up. I think like what, like 45,000 people voted total and we have to wait like a whole another week or two to like hear final results back. It's total fucking bullshit. It's just like uh, it seems like, yeah, there are like Republican areas that are fucking with shit. Absolutely. But like even in like easy to vote fucking L.A., there's like no polling system that is efficient or like has people's trust. And I just like I could count all those votes by my fucking hand. I mean, I wouldn't. But, you know. It does seem like something that should should and could be really easily fixed, even with the like, I mean, obviously, like the when you get to count votes, voting shenanigan thing is like a pretty transparent ploy to, for Republicans to be like, look, we're winning. Oh, we lost. It must be cheating. Um, Like, that's like very much the state of goal of that. And like that shit should stop. But then also you're right that like the computational systems, like whatever they are, that like takes a ballot and says plus one, like should just do a better job. Yeah, it's absolute trash. And uh, that's that's my final say. OK, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's I'm it? just going to I got to clean up this house. I got to I got to figure out how to get this TV in a box. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, it's gonna be, you know, it's going to be crazy. I'm be on the East Coast soon. We're going to have to have a whole new time schedule. What's, what's happening? You know, it's true. Also, I'll be able to come visit more because I do visit my parents all the time and you'll be a metro stop or two away. Mm-hmm. I'll be living right above your parents. Yeah. You're living in the basement. You can live in the basement apartment of no, where, I, where I went to high school. I will live in the throne room. Oh, the one they put on top of their house just in case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Any Anything, you know, we didn't even introduce ourselves. This, this episode was great. Haley was phenomenal on this episode. Lux was, was he really, he was wobbling at the top, but he pulled it together. Thanks. Me, pretty low energy for most of it. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week. We're all doing our best. Talk to you later, folks. Bye.